When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. wish I could say it was a good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast. Uh, I'm Jamie Lynch. Renee Washington to my right, your left as the viewer. Um, hello, Scott and Ryan and others in here to commiserate with us. Uh, I've been doing this job in some medium uh, shape or form now for going on almost two decades and one of the good things about um, sports is the highs together and the lows together. Uh, and sometimes that community therapy is, and good morning, Barbara, uh, <laughs> that community therapy is helpful. And you get the anger out, you get the sadness out, you get the disbelief out, and we'll eventually pick ourselves up and move on. But um, I cannot lie to you, that one absolutely ripped my heart out. Uh, I think I got angrier uh, last night as I was doom scrolling stats and statistics and looking at box scores. And it kind of moved into sadness and then back to anger. Then I mixed in some ice cream when I got home last night, Renee, to try and help. Um, <laughs> It was an emotional roller coaster, and here we are. We're left to once again pick up the pieces, and we'll deep dive what went wrong, uh, what happened exactly, and and just how bad this was. But uh, how are you doing this morning? (laughs) Um, I slept like crap. I feel sick. Um, But other than that, I'm pretty good, I guess. I don't know. I think, you know what, it's... I was talking to my my dad, my, my family in general about it, and my dad made a comment in our thread like, well, it's been 46 years of this as a Philly fan for him. He's like, welcome to the other side. Like, this is this is what we're used to. And this is what Philly fans, um, you know, it's kind of like being in a, a very toxic relationship where you just keep going back and you see the red flags and you just keep believing it's going to get better, it's going to get better, and it never does. That's being a Philly sports fan. So, yeah, we... Uh, you know, we had a chance last night on the show to just kind of let some raw emotion out and the sun will come up again the next day. And that's what it did. So it's kind of like time to turn the page and very disappointing. I know somebody in the chat was saying they weren't feeling good after game six. I was not either because we all know what a game seven means in any sport. It doesn't matter anything else at that point because it just comes down to being the better team on that one day. And going into game seven, I know I was saying it, you and Susie on the show after game six were optimistic. I was not. And I was saying I didn't want to set myself up to be disappointed. 
I am still very much disappointed. But uh, yeah, absolutely expect this. So welcome in, guys. I don't, I don't know if it is a good morning, John. I, we agree. It's not a great morning. But hit that like button while you're here. Make sure you're commenting. It's, it's good that we've maybe even won over some new regulars. Jay Flo, you being one of them. That we've got uh, some faces that I'm seeing back in the chat today, this morning, joining us. Whether you're on our side on, or not. It's fine. Hit that like button. Make sure you're following. And nice to have you back, I guess. But, yeah, there's a lot to really unpack for sure. Um, Ezio, welcome. You're saying people talk themselves into this being a World Series team. But if you watch them all year, they were not. They had fatal flaws. Um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, Barbara, yeah, the real fans are not losers, even though the team may have lost for sure. Welcome in, Eugene, Matt. Nice to have you guys. But, yeah, it's, it's a situation where um, – you now look back at some of those Band-Aid issues that we that we saw throughout the season and definitely in the postseason, and we kept talking about, you know, it'll be fine, it'll, they'll work through it. And in the end, at the end, it's what came back to really bite them in the rear. You know, that's that's why the Phillies are now done, because of some major issues that were never adjusted, Jamie. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of back and forth on Twitter today. I was listening to sports radio and just kind of, you know, taking the temperature of the town and, and listening into people. Um, one thing I can't stand is saying this and that, and this is the reason they lost. No, this is the reason they lost. No, this. And like, you're wrong. That's not the reason they lost. This is the, re no, there's like literally a, so a list of 12 to 15 different reasons why they lost and came up short and blew this series and everybody's a little right um don't tell people that they're wrong for their reasons of why the phillies came up small i mean there's literally a a, a grocery list of reasons they came up small uh you know and and to open the show like i was kind of thinking about that this morning like all right well like who can i give a pass to who like isn't in my crosshairs and you guys tell me if I missed anybody here on my, my personal list of good Phillies, and then everybody else was bad. <laughs> uh, and this is unique to this series. Last series does not matter. Uh, maybe that game three versus the Braves was their World Series. It felt like it. Um, and Unfortunately. Yeah. So the good Phillies, I have Jeff Hoffman, uh, Jose Alvarado. I know there was a tackle on run in game six, but... Uh, other than that, he was in good standings in my book. Matt Strom, uh, Zach Wheeler, Ranger Suarez, and Kyle Schwarber. Everybody else was bad. Am I missing anybody good? Tyler, Renee? Um, for the entire series, Tyler no. says no. You no. say no. That's it. I mean, That's what I got as good Phillies. Were, Six guys were, showed up. Like Brandon Marsh had a game. Brandon Marsh was, like was playing well the final two games. Yeah. And then Alec Bohm obviously had game seven, but uh, hey, it's a seven game series, not a one game series. So I think for the entire seven game series, sadly, That's you are correct. And the sadder part about that is it's the bullpen. The bullpen, the front office, and, the manager. I mean, I mean, like the guys you're listing oh, yeah. outside of Kyle. None of them are at bats. Three, Nobody's three relief pitchers in right. there of the so, six. So, bam. I mean, we've talked so much about the, the bullpen and focus a lot on that and who should be rele reliever, who's not, who's good, who, Taiwan Walker, in, out, Sanchez, whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it wasn't just the bullpen that let you down. Now, yeah. another positive, Eugene, actually. the fanatic was and always is the great. The fanatic was yeah. great, but also another positive that Matt Deckert dropped in the chat a little bit earlier is now Addie doesn't have to worry about you having a tattoo on your butt. Yeah, she actually texted me that this morning. She says, well, no ass tattoo for you. And yeah. I said, that makes me sad. <laughs> I, I had fully come to terms with 
you know, the fat Phillies, old school maroon pee somewhere on my lower extremity. Um, I was going to make an inappropriate comment, but it's too early in the morning. Yeah, I haven't even had my full coffee yet. No, right? it's too early in the there. morning. But you and Tyler <laughs> did at least escape from having to get tattoos yeah. live on the show. And maybe Sean Kleckner, look, maybe maybe you're right. Brandon Marsh certainly isn't on my bad Phillies He's list. Like a, eh. uh, Sean says he was on base 11 times this series and was not driven in one time. Um, part of the reason he was not driven in one time was because... Johan Rojas was overmatched in this series. He didn't belong in the batter's box. He didn't deserve the opportunities he got. Uh, and this goes to Rob Thompson. Uh, I can't blame Johan Rojas, a kid who's wet behind the ears for looking overmatched in that environment. But I can blame Rob Thompson for allowing him to hit yesterday with a bases loaded situation. And does Christian Pache come in and and deliver you a clutch hit that changes the series, there's no way for us to ever know. Uh, but I think he would have looked more like he belonged uh, than Johan Rojas. So, yeah, Brandon Marsh was left on base a lot. Um, maybe I should have him on my good Phillies list. Uh, I think that's a fair point, but Sean, um, yeah. not many guys looked locked in at the plate, and at least Brandon Marsh did that for two or three games in the series. Well, Rob was, of course, asked after Game 7 about the decision to keep Rojas at bat when the bases were loaded. Fourth inning, Phillies were up 2-1, and he said, we were winning at that time. I didn't want to take Rojas out. We wanted him on, on the defensive side. And also he was saying, there, if you pinch hit for Rojas, that means you've got to pinch hit. Two guys have to come in. He's like, it just was too much to do in that moment. And I, I felt more confident in leaving Rojas there. Um, I mean, I think I, he admitted his mistake by pinch hitting for him later. But he was saying, like, even still looking back on it, no, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have changed it. Well, that's because wrong. He, and that's wrong. And that's where Rob had – I mean, there's – listen, I've got a whole list of things about Rob that I want to get into today because in that moment, oh, I, you're I wrote focusing down all my list so much on the defensive side. You're only up 2-1. It's the fourth inning. You have the bases loaded. You've got to keep the inning alive because if you can, you score another run, you get an insurance run in and maybe score two runs. It's a whole different game. Yeah. You're playing conservative, and we talked about that with Dusty. We've talked about that in general uh, in this postseason that the Phillies had moments where they were playing too conservative. And in my opinion, you're so busy focusing on the next plays where how you need Rojas that you're not actually taking a risk to to score. So what, you're, what's the trade-off? You don't score in that situation. You have a 2-1 lead, which is not a lead. We've seen the Phillies have, have blown, um, in this series alone, a couple of leads where they were up two, three runs. And then now you're turning around and you're giving them new life. Instead of in that chance, having an opportunity to really put the game away in a sense, or at least extend the lead. And like you're saying, Martian, take chances. It's game seven. What are you waiting for? Who cares if you're defending well if you're not scoring runs? Yeah. Uh, Eugene Krabs, Cassie had a worse on-base percentage than oh. Rojas this series, JFC. Yes. Um, yeah, I feel you on that one. Yes. Nick Castellanos uh, absolutely killed you. And, you know, your big money players absolutely killed you. Tyler, if you can scroll up, there was a comment that made me laugh. And <laughs> Barbara, Martian, Eugene, Tim, uh, Sean, Melody, everybody in here, if you're going to be in here, at least smash that like button for us. Um, uh, keep going up. It was a something. It was the commenter. Um, mm. Do you think the arrogance <laughs> and condemnation of the fan base had anything to do with it? Or was it just the overalls? Uh, looking back on it, the overalls aren't so funny now. 
No, not look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it looks stupid. Dancing on my own, the overalls, a lot uh, of it just looks stupid. It's like all the reasons you're giving people extra ammunition to laugh at the Phillies. Um, yeah, it, it would have been great if the Phillies had gone on and at least made it to the World Series, but now it looks very much stupid to be walking around in overalls and you can't even get in Yeah, <laughs> Matt Deckard says makes a little sense because you bring in Pache and then they bring in Mantley and then Bingo. you bring in Cave, and that's what he was but saying. still don't like it. Mm-mm. Um Okay. But do something different. Like, Johan Rojas was completely and utterly overmatched and did not belong. At least Christian Pache gives you the confidence of a major league at bat. I know he drew a walk later, so you can't say he's going to draw a walk in the bases loaded situation. But he's going to have a better at bat than Rojas. Like... Uh, and Tyler wrote the note up there, and this is on my short list. Dave Dombrowski can, can catch some strays today, too, uh, and his front office staff, mm-hmm. because their, their big trade deadline acquisitions yep. were Michael Lorenzen, who essentially had no real impact on the series, barely pitched, and Adolfo Castro. Um, when you have Nick slash Jake Cave as your best bench bat. Oof. That's not a good situation. Um, so Dave Dombrowski and the front office, I think, came up pretty small at the trade deadline. And, you know, these are the golden opportunities with the team in its prime. Uh, big money spent to go all in. And you're going all in was a guy that didn't even contribute to the postseason. Uh, so well, I think I think that was a swing and a miss. That's exactly the issue. I mean, your cave is your pinch hitter. And I know exactly as you're saying, Matt, that's what Rob is talking about. You bring in Pache, then you have to bring in Cave. Now you're bringing in two guys. Who cares? I mean, look, on the other side with the bullpen, you bring in, you bring in Zach Wheeler to help try to get the win. You're, you need to do anything in your power to try to just focus on the play at hand. Don't worry about the future and what's going to possibly happen and the possible matchups. Score the runs and then worry about the other stuff later. I mean, to just have bases loaded. I think if it was not a bases loaded situation, it's a different conversation. Bases loaded up by one fourth inning and the Phillies have been very up and down. Bless you, Tyler. Very up and down with scoring. You have a chance to at least keep the inning alive and you don't take that because you're overthinking the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Focus on the now. It's game seven. So uh, too many things, in my opinion, of being conservative at the wrong times. I feel I feel like for whatever reason, it's been conservative when it comes to um, and, and lack of any sort of pulse or adjustments when it comes to at-bats. But then when it comes to the bullpen, it's a short leash. And it, it doesn't make sense to me. So a Did, lot of things that, that unintentional? Yeah, because yeah. uh, they didn't have those in game six they didn't and seven. have those either i mean they don't, none of this there was none of this none of it but you have everything with the bullpen is highly scrutinized short leash all over the place chaotic i still think Maybe. about roger mason and mitch williams in 1993 so am i gonna think about game four and why the hell you pulled christopher sanchez and in game three game ranger suarez so early and why you're going to craig kimball rob thompson uh, may have been the only person left uh, that believed in Keg- Craig Kimbrell. And Sean Melody just said it. Game four is when we lost this series. We all knew it. Completely agree. Uh, you know, I didn't think they would have that fold in them. Uh, but he's right. They completely regressed after that. And, um, yeah, game four is the one I'm going to look back on, uh, you know, being up 5-3 in the seventh Ooh. inning as, you know, the breaking point of the series. 
And you kind of saw it with guys and their body language uh, in showing up in Sixers jerseys, which, by the way, uh, I'll never get over. Uh, Bryce, that, that's a permanent stain on your record. I'm a Patrick uh, Beverly six, not even like a classic Allen Iverson. Yeah. Like you're you're because how you walk in is what you're channeling. And if you walk in, like, that's why people love pregame fits. What you're walking in is like, okay, we're getting an all-black fit, A.J. Brown. We're getting, like, this swaggy look. But if you walk in channeling Patrick Beverly in a Sixers jersey, yeah, and what is that? What is that's that's your game seven? That's your look of game seven, and then you went out and, and played accordingly. The two irrational things I, I just will never get over uh, because it's not the reason they lost, but – in my dumb mind, uh, it's real, is Harper showing up in a Sixers jersey and Garrett Stubbs' comments. <laughs> like, Garrett Stubbs' comments um, should have never happened. Dude, you're, you're a five foot eight backup catcher that wasn't going to contribute to any game in this postseason. Why you would give them bulletin board material and everybody's saying, well, bulletin board material didn't didn't have the Phillies bat, you know, one for 23 with their big three hitters. Yeah, I'm aware. But it, it was a rallying cry. And if you're going to embrace the Orlando Arcia, Bryce Harper uh, yep. bulletin board material, you can't then ignore what your backup catcher did to that bullpen. Zach Allen, after the game last night, said, I'm happy we were able to protect our hot tub. Yeah. Uh, Lavolo yeah. after the game said, you know, several times after game four, he said it after game six, he said it. Said it again um, after game seven. And he kind of gave that club the fuck it. We ain't scared mentality. And I think Garrett Stubbs's comment was a little bit of gas on that fire. Mm. So those are the two irrational things in my mind. Uh, Sixers jersey and Garrett Stubbs comments. Uh, they hurt. Well, and that's exactly it. The Diamondbacks were saying they already were motivated internally. They believed in themselves, even though nobody else did. And Rob, I literally, sorry, one second. Rob, I literally just said they didn't (laughs) lose because of comments. And I said it was irrational. All right. (laughs) But you know what? Sports are very much mental. And unless you were never an athlete, you don't understand it. As someone that played sports at a very high level, what you say, how you carry yourself, your routine is very important. It goes such a long way because it is a difference. It's how you are, like the mentality coming into a game, the mentality coming into an inning, the mentality coming into a play is key for you either coming into it motivated, confident, ready to go, or coming into it with like a loser mentality, channeling a Patrick Beverly, for example, talking about the opponent and jumping into their pools. These are the little things that do make a difference because you need to, I always say, stick to the politically correct comments. And I say that because, again, I've been there. I'm not just saying it because I'm, it just was what everybody else thinks. Say, what, say the simple things. We need to be better. We need to work harder. We're going to come out ready to go. We're excited to get on the – Stubbs could have said we're just excited to get on the road and look to close out this series and, and play great baseball. Keep it simple. There's no need to add in these little extra nuggets and jabs and cocky comments because the other team is listening. They're taking note, and they're extra motivated by it. So it does, it does matter in a sense. It's, it's, we always talk about manifestation. You're manifesting what you want to do. And if you're coming in with a loser mentality or these wacky jabs of comments, that stuff does unfortunately sometimes come back to bite you. And so, no, it's not the reason why the Phillies couldn't hit the ball. But I will say it's probably a reason why when you look at all of it together, it just snowballed from there where they continue to have this flat 
honestly loser mentality throughout the rest of the series, guys. There's no other way to, to, to carve it. Yeah, Sean Melody, you know, what up, Sean? Uh, says trash talk is part of the game. Be ready to back it up. That's my problem with it is it's from a guy that That's literally not going to be able to back it up. <laughs> has no chance to back it up. So why are you interjecting and giving them material? Uh, Wooly Wong says the reason they lost is an obvious one. Big bats went ice cold. And yeah, we're about what to get it? into that. Uh, I, I, I literally think there's about 12 or 15 uh, issues why they lost. You can go from front office. You can go from Dusty Watham. You can go from lack of producing runs in critical small ball situations. You can go to the big bats. Uh, you can go to overmanaging the bullpen. You can go to not enough acquisitions at the trade deadline. So many things. You can go like the, the list is endless. So all of them together add up to one of the biggest collapses, uh, not only in Philadelphia Phillies history, but I would say Philadelphia sports history, uh, because I was trying to think of like my pain meter. And maybe this is something we'll do next week when we've actually <laughs> calmed down a little bit. Uh, but for me last night, gut doom scrolling in bed, I, I have it right up there. And I, this is no hyperbole and no over exaggeration. It's right below the Eagles losing the NFC championship game uh, to the Buccaneers in 2001 at the vets closing. Uh, it's right below that. It's yeah. above the 2011 Phillies for me because the 2011 Phillies lost to the Cardinals team who had, uh, and I'm not taking anything away from the Diamondbacks here. Corbin Carroll and Ketel Marte are great players and going to be for a long time, at least in Carroll's case. Um, but that Cardinals team was like kind of a perennial playoff team. And they had some guys that had been there in big game situations and done it before. Um, so that one I could rationalize a little bit easier than I can with the Diamondbacks, who had a negative run differential on the year and became the third worst regular season team to ever make a World Series. Mm -hmm. I, I can't rationalize this other yeah. than the Phillies completely collapsed uh, and lost this series. So, you know, when I can't rationalize things and I can't move on and get past it, it hangs up there in the... Uh, the halls of my heart in the pain department. And this one, I, I, I'm not going to be able to shake for a little while. Well, that's why I say, I know somebody was saying, I think it was Sean or whoever saying it's not a loser mentality. It is what one you haven't won a world series since 2008 and you're coming into it. I know Sean Melody was saying it felt like they were coming in predetermined to be there. Well, the Braves was perform. a world series. And, right. The Braves, the Braves series and the NLDS knocking off the Braves felt like the Phillies, thought they had won the World Series because you beat the best team in baseball at the time. And that's not the case. And you know what's a winning mentality? Corbin Carroll, in the first six games, three for 26, game seven, after having an all struggling first six games, game seven, three for three, obviously we, we saw RBI, stealing bases, makes history uh, as, you know, the most that hits that a rookie's had in a winner-take-all postseason game makes history for rookies with stolen bases in postseason game. Corbin Carroll had a, a rough first six games and then turn it around. On the other side, where do I begin? Nick Castellanos, after going back-to-back uh, -back multi homers, as we talked about, five home runs in three games, then goes 0 for 23 to finish out the series. We know that we we talked about the struggles of Trey Turner. Well, Trey Turner 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position in the NLCS. 0 for 3 in Game 7 alone. So, and, I, and there's more. There's more to that. So, in big moments, Game 7, that's why I say it is a loser mentality. Because I know Chris Frezza 
from our squad was saying, too busy focusing on not losing, that you're not trying to win. And it goes all around, especially with the at-bats, that you're not, your big guys are not stepping up. We saw Corbin Carroll step up. He willed his team to win. Marte willed the Diamondbacks to win. Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, Bryce Harper did not. So you're coming into this with this expectation of we're just going to show up and win because we beat the Braves and now we're just going to walk into the World Series instead of actually making plays, actually getting hits, keeping inning alive, innings alive. And it cannot be a home runner bust mentality because – Look at all the rest of the teams that have that got to the, their respective LCS. Well, let's put that on the Kevin Long complaint back oh. burner because I do want to get into him because oh, yeah. uh, the Phillies, you know, a lot of people say they're built for October because they can they can mash. Uh, they really need to have a hard look in the mirror about what happens that when they can't it. when they can't mash because this is two series uh, series ending. Uh, you know, the Astros last year and now this where the bats went silent and if you're not mashing. Uh, are you built to win? Now, Tyler, to your point of who you were talking about there, yes, I think the biggest reason why the Phillies lost this is because Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Nick Castellanos, your 700-plus million-dollar players, it's a lot of John Middleton's money, close to a billion dollars of money came up small. And Tyler made a graphic uh, to show you. Because, look, I, I really boils down to game six and seven. You, you left Arizona up 3-2, coming back to statistically proven to be the best home field advantage in professional sports. Um, there's, there's no excuses. You need your big money players to be big money players. And the Phillies were not that. Um, so here it is. I can't read because the light's right there. Okay. <laughs> Trey Turner, 5 for 25 in the series with a 200 batting average. Bryce Harper, 5 for 23, 2 for 15 in the four losses for a 217 batting average. And Nick Castellanos had no hits in games 2 through 7 with 11 strikeouts. He batted 1 for 24. He batted .042. That's almost hard to do. Those are your biggest three paid players outside of pitchers, because I think Wheeler makes more than Castellanos, but barely. Um, those are your $700 million investments, and they came up smallest for you on the biggest stage. Uh, we all love, uh, you know, Bryce Harper. I think Trey Turner, people, you know, uh, was an emotional year, ups and downs. Nick Castellanos, I think most people really like. Uh, but the reality is there's no escaping it. You know, Bryce Harper's comments in the locker room. I feel like I let my teammates in the city down. You did. Yeah. Uh, Nick Castellanos. I was absolutely terrible at the plate. Yeah, you were. I mean, you can say it. It doesn't really make it better. I appreciate it. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the biggest reason. There's several reasons, but those three coming up small in six and seven is the biggest reason why they lost this series. Well, I mean, Bryce going two for 16 over the final five games, 0 for 12 in the four losses in the series. Uh, Trey, two for 19 with a zero extra base, with zero extra base hits, just one walk from game three on. Yeah, you can't, you can't have such a slump and drop off so bad that you aren't able to do anything. I mean, these, these numbers are ridiculous and you, 
uh, Fucci, I don't know if that's her name. Um, yeah, we actually have said that they didn't show up several times. Um, but a anybody with a Diamondbacks uh, <laughs> like, logo <what>? is getting <laughs> ignored. Go listen to you and go, go celebrate with Diamondbacks fans. Like, what is wrong with you people? We have literally said that they they always didn't, they talk played. about is how they shit themselves. <laughs> I don't know how many other ways. We have literally said that the the we are actually giving numbers for why the Phillies got outplayed because their best players, Bryce Harper, as I just was, was saying, two for sixteen over the final five games. Um, I know somebody else was saying it's not a loser mentality. It's and the Diamondbacks have a winner mentality. I don't. I don't know if you guys have played sports in your lives, but to me, when you come into a series and you're up 3-2 with a chance to close out at home in two games, two games at home and you don't do it, but you also get outplayed and are completely flat, can't hit balls, I don't know how else to define that. There's Okay, let me try the words. There's no, no heart, no grit, uh, no determination. The passion wasn't there. You didn't show up. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, but without a doubt, these numbers are awful. In an NLCS where you were in the driver's seat, up 2-0. Okay, you dropped two on the road. You still got one. That's all you needed was to get one in Arizona and to come back and clinch at home, still unable to do that. So, yeah, they've said it post-game, you know, it's on me, it's my fault, got to be better. I know Bryce was talking about that one one pitch that he felt like uh, was, was the chance, and he got beat by his barrel by a tenth of a second. Okay, but... The, there's so many times that we can look at the one individual play. How many times are we going to continue saying, if only I got that one play back, one play back, before you actually learn to be less conservative and make the play? You know, bases loaded, make the play. Pitches, you see a good pitch, make the play. Because now we're sitting talking about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas from your couch. Yeah, the, the Bryce Harper warning track shot. And if huh. Trey Turner... First of all, I don't know why the hell he abandoned the bun after one foul attempt. Because um, to me, that that was a situation where small ball was needed, especially with as lost as Turner looked in the box. Uh, the inability to get a bunt down there cost him a run, which was a game-tying situation. And those types of things can change games. Like, you, you don't know if the Diamondbacks' bites, uh, butts get tight there uh, when it's a tie game. You don't know if Brandon fought you know, then has the crowd into it and is in, mm -hmm. in between his ears the next inning. Um, you don't know these things. So to drop an opportunity to tie the game up for Nick not to hit a fly ball to the outfield uh, is just, you know, those are the situations why you lost. It was situational baseball, why you lost game seven, uh, games four and six and others you can point elsewhere. But I really thought last night boiled down to failure to come up with mm -hmm. traditional old school small ball baseball. And to all you Diamondbacks fans in the chat, welcome. Hit the like button if you're going to be here and gloat and peacock around. But you know what I'm going to do to block the haters out? Put on my new Shady Rays. <laughs> ah. Shady Rays has a great deal going for you right now. And you should buy these and just stash them away. Maybe take one for yourself, stash one for the holidays. Because if you buy two or more polarized sunglasses right now on Shady Rays, you're going to get 50% off. It's a great deal. Take advantage of it. Gear up for the season ahead with quality shades that are built to last. Not only do they have that, but they have quick swap snow goggles that aren't going to break the bank. Snow goggles are expensive. Shady Rays is looking out for you. They're an independent sunglass company that offers an unrivaled product because they're as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. And I'm done buying expensive pairs. Shady Rays is where it's at. For all your outdoor adventures, winter sports, uh, with their quick swap lenses, 
Uh, and easy, you can switch, switch from full sunlight to low light. Uh, don't let the changing light conditions slow you down on the slopes. Uh, and that's not all. They have the best deal in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lo lost or broken replacements. I've had my cousin telling me about these for years. Dude, I lost a pair, and Shady Rays just sent me a new one. No questions asked. It's that good. Uh, they're not going to break your stones. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence, and as an idiot that has lost expensive pairs in the Atlantic Ocean year after year after year, uh, this was all I needed to hear to become a Shady Rays man. Uh, they're, c they're committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program, teaming up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of their most challenging times. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk. The team always has your back. So take advantage exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use that code PHLY on your screen right now for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses try yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred and fifty thousand customers and that's right marsh and we're blocking out them haters <laughs> if you have a diamondbacks avatar i don't see you i'm like john cena not <laughs> happening i'm done with you i'm hurting enough inside i hate myself my daughter walked into my bedroom this morning and you know i, I went to bed at like 245 after all my doom scrolling and she goes Dad, did the Phillies win? Aww. And I said, no, Sky, they lost. And she said, does that mean they don't play again until my birthday? Her birthday's in April. And I was like, Aww. yeah, pretty much. Pretty, this, is, this is what you've done to us, Phillies. Pretty much. And I wanted to <laughs> apologize to her uh, for inflicting this lifelong sickness upon her of being a Philadelphia sports fan. <sighs> I was, welcome uh, to the other, welcome to yeah. the dark side. Welcome to Learn hell. it young, Sky. Learn it young. <laughs> this is what it's like. Welcome to hell, Sky. Oh Skyler. my gosh! Yeah, I know you guys are, are talking about uh, swinging at bad pitches, every detail mattering. Um, yeah, you know it was interesting because after Game Seven, Rob was saying um, he's proud of the guys. He's proud of their fight. Yeah, I don't know what you're proud of. And I'm like, here's here's what you're proud of because I, I took some notes. So. Looking at the losses, obviously three losses where the Phillies were held to two or less runs because they only scored twice and then one run in two other games. Game three, three hits, 0 for 4 in runners in scoring position, 13 strikeouts, eight scoreless innings because, of course, they only scored once, and that was in the seventh inning when they lost 2-1. to one. Game four, finally was scoring, but eight hits, two for seven with runners in scoring position, 11 strikeouts, five scoreless innings. The first two... And the final three, and they went on to lose that game, of course, six to five when they had the lead and blew that game six. We're back at Citizens Bank Park. You're thinking, OK, it's fine. Phillies are going to close out at home. Game six, one for seven with runners in scoring position, had six hits, 10 strikeouts, eight scoreless innings because they scored um, in the second inning and then didn't score again the rest of the game. And then game seven, as we know, five hits, eight strikeouts, one for 10 with runners in scoring position seven scoreless innings, and their last run they scored in the fourth. So the other trend that the Phillies have had is you can't have the last five, six innings of a game where you're not scoring anything, anything. And so to see them be conservative and to see them talk about, we're proud, we fought hard. Is that what fighting hard looks like? Where you're not even, you're not getting hits, 
forget runners in scoring position because the Phillies have struggled with that all season. But you're just being held to no runs, no hits, inning after inning after inning. And for a team that's home run or bust, you're only able to score one run in game three, one run in game, in game six, two runs in game seven. It's, it's unbelievable. But that's what you're proud of. That's, that's the, the hard fight. That, that Rob feels like he saw. Yeah, it's a well, terrible way Cana- to leave. He's Canadian. He's too nice. Way too nice. Yeah. Way too nice. Um, the Diamondbacks kind of, and we'll get into the whole approach because I saw Barbara talking about uh, their pitching approach. And uh, their manager and, and staff deserves a lot of credit because I think they clearly outmanaged Rob Thompson, Kevin Long, and mm-hmm. Caleb Gotham this series. Um, they had a clear change in direction going back in game three to chase field starting with brandon fought um but they 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 didn't like i'm not taking anything away from them they didn't like mash or like really bloody you up that much they paper cut you to death they had 11 base hits last night in the game and only one of them was an extra base hit they out fundamentaled you um Every time Corbin Carroll got on base, he stole the bag. And that, to me, falls on JT Real Muto, uh, the pitcher, whoever was on the mound at the time. A lot of that was Ranger. And actually, no, excuse me, Ranger got him dead to rights one time, and Bryce Harper missed the throw. Uh, But the the rest, Caleb Cotham, JT Real Muto, to not know that was coming and to do a better job there uh, is inexcusable. Um, Really just bad fundamental baseball and that's what it kind of came down to is the fundamentals of this series were terrible um let's get into the the coaching decisions because you know we just talked about Caleb Cotham Kevin Long to me uh has entered my crosshairs mentally a lot this morning Mm -hmm. um yes players have to play and make hits and all that but why are you not tattooing? And I'm going to use Trey Turner in particular as the example because I think they threw him about 16 consecutive low and outside breaking balls that he actually Nick Cassianos is the same example that they both just flailed at. If I'm Kevin Long, I'm pulling each of them aside before the game and saying, if you swing at pitch one tonight in any situation, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because the Diamondbacks and Brandon fought and their pitching staff clearly changed course in game three and stopped giving the Phillies dangerous hitters anything to hit. And the Phillies plate discipline sucked uh, for the most part outside of Marsh and Schwarber. And that's really it. Um, Everybody failed in their approaches at the plate from game three on. And I think Kevin Long... Uh, get some blame there entirely because their approach sucked. Trey Turner, if he swings at another low and outside breaking ball in my mind one more time today, uh, I'm going to break something. Like I'm just seeing it. Oh, him and Castellanos just flailing low and outside, like throwing their wrists at it. It was a terrible approach and why it continued to happen. I have no idea. Bryce Harper. Guess what? They didn't want to throw you strikes. Even, even you're a part of this. I know you just missed one by a tenth of a second, but 
your approach at the plate was bad. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to die by your bats. And credit to the Diamondbacks for making that change because I don't know what change the Phillies made throughout this series to adjust and to overcome. Uh, And the Diamondbacks clearly outmanaged the Phillies. One for 18 uh, through the top three of the batting order for the Phillies in the last two games. Um, it's, it's just un- inexcusable, you know, and I know I said this earlier on one of our shows when I was saying the, the Phillies need to make an, an adjustment and adjustments don't always have to be you move the batting order or something drastic. An adjustment can be as simple as you just said, where you're having yeah. a conversation before Trey goes up to, to bat and saying, this is what you need to do. The Diamondbacks made adjustments. Everybody's going to make an adjustment against, especially Bryce Harper. Why are we still seeing the Phillies doing the same thing game after game after game and never changing? And then to hear Rob is speaking for everybody, of course, in the post game, in my opinion. This is what the the staff mindset is. When asked about situational hitting, moving runners, those guys pitch well. People aren't going to hit every game. Other people have to step up. You have to pass the baton, put pressure on people. We had people on. We just couldn't get the big hit. And when asked about Nick, it gets even better. That's Nick. When he was asked about Nick's inconsistency to have one hit in the first game and then zeros, not even a walk throughout the remainder of the series. My friend from out of town just sent the graphic. Yep. From day to day, that's who he is. That's who he is. More, He's more about staying back, trying not to do too much. He can be scorching hot one day and strike out the other. This is, this is what you're talking about after you lose a game seven. This is, this is the mentality. And I – look – Rob being from Canada, way too nice, whatever. This is the this is the leadership. This is the staff that you are just excusing the fact. Oh, that's just Nick. Oh, that's just them pitching really well. When will the Phillies make an adjustment? And the my concern is, because I know the next question we're gonna get into moving forward on the show is what do the Phillies need to do for next year? What can they do to make sure they're not in the same situation? It's two back-to-back years of falling short. Well, my concern is it's two back-to-back years falling short with the same issues. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff we saw last year, and it's the same thing we've seen from the Braves' loss in the NLDS to the four losses against the Diamondbacks was the exact same copy-and-paste types of issues. Situational hitting, inability to stick to fundamental baseball, inability to keep innings alive, inability to make any sort of adjustment, lack of intensity and fire and the power, passion to want to put the Diamondbacks away and capitalize. And then post-game, they're saying, oh, we should have capitalized. Oh, we missed opportunities. Oh, we have to be better. I'm yeah. Not okay. Yeah, not com- okay. combined one for 28 between Schwarber, Turner, Harper, and Castellanos in games six and seven. Oof. Game one six and seven. for 28. And you couldn't you, – I mean, Kyle Schwarber gave you uh, – here's the game six and seven wow. struggles. Uh, two for 17 with runners in scoring position. In game six, they were a whopping one for seven. Last night, one for 10. Uh, Schwarber, Turner, and Harper were one for 20. The Diamondbacks bullpen gave you 8.1 innings pitch, eight and a third innings, zero earned runs, three hits, six Ks. The Diamondbacks had eight stolen bases to the Phillies one. Mm. And JT Real Muto, why he couldn't get off his knees last night to uh, attempt a proper throwout was wild to me. Why Jeff Hoffman can't even look over at a runner on base uh why rob thompson and caleb cotham allowed that to happen eight 
stolen bases. I mean, every time they got on base, they were looking to steal. And that was the total opposite. In the first couple games of the series, uh, you know, Lavolo and the Diamondbacks didn't attempt to run. And then, oh, my God, they made an adjustment. Uh, and they decided to take advantage of one of the best arms in baseball and JT Romuto and, and it killed him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, I think the team kind of was done there in the seventh inning. Was that when it was Turner Harper or Schwarber, Turner Harper, yeah. Schwarber got on with the leadoff double, which is exactly what you needed. Uh, I think, I think it was over then. I think, um, uh, Mentally, nobody else had a chance uh, at the end of that game. There had only been one team in postseason history that had been down two-plus runs in the ninth or later of a game seven and come back to one. That was Andy Van Slyke and Barry Bonds uh, with the early-day Pirates getting uh, toppled by the 92 Braves, Sid Bream's slider. They entered the ninth down 2-0, won 3-2, and the Phillies didn't really have a shot. I mean... I, I slumped over in, after the seventh, and I just said, uh, I just laid on the couch and kind of was mute and just watched them die. It was like a, you just watched them bleed out. Yeah. In that moment, the Phillies needed a hero, and there's one place you can't always get a hero. That's Hero Bread. Mm. Now, Hero Bread is the place that's got soft, fluffy, delicious bread, but it's also healthy and nutritious for you as well. High fiber, ultra low net carbs, uh, zero gram sugar per slice, and you can use discount code PHLY to get 10% off of your purchase because they make sliced breads, buns, tortillas, anything available. Tortillas. Anything available on Hero, um, you can also check them out on amazon and they're offering you guys all a great deal i've tried their their bread and their tortillas very delicious very tasty pairs well with any sort of sandwich breakfast lunch or dinner and so you can absolutely make sure to check out hero bread for a chance to eat healthy and delicious for a nice discount uh yeah i know you guys in the chat are talking about you know it was crazy justin definitely depressing um oh barbara happy that we have this show to help all of us like talk through the morning phase of uh the phillies season coming to an end yeah it's ryan we're with you like after the seventh inning you definitely definitely could could see it was over i unfortunately was feeling that before game seven even started and i know i did a, a quick video earlier in uh the day talking about like my lack of confidence and you know i didn't feel like the phillies were really unfortunately, uh, making the adjustments needed or, you know, in the right headspace going into game seven. And, and that's exactly what we saw play out. This this team lost life. It started in game four, especially because game game three was a moment where it was kind of like, OK, it's hard to sweep a team on any level in any sport. It's hard to sweep a team. So you you were OK with dropping a loss especially since it was the first game in Arizona. You could see there were adjustments needed. It was a very good pitching duel between Ranger and, and Brandon fought. But then game four rolls around, and it was the identical game issues in the final innings where you're up, and then when Craig Kimbrough comes in, everything falls apart. And ever since that moment was the moment that it never felt like the Phillies were able to, to right the ship. Obviously, they go out, they win game five, you're feeling good about it, but it still didn't seem like the Phillies were – the Phillies, you know, it, it still didn't feel like they were back to what helped them beat the Marlins in two, beat the Braves in, in four. You know, it, it still didn't feel like it was the same level of intensity hitting. You know, the consistency wasn't there and the trust wasn't there, Colin, because it is hard to trust this team, especially 
um, you know, right now when you feel like you've got home field advantage, you're going to go back, you're going to be welcomed back by fans, and you're going to have this outpouring of home runs and just scoring, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be over early. And the Phillies were never able to catch up to the Diamondbacks. In fact, the Diamondbacks came into game seven, and you could see the – in my opinion, you could see the difference from the beginning where the Diamondbacks came into it like, we got this. You know, they, they Mar- Marte, Carroll, um, all throughout, Longoria, whoever, just seemed like they wanted it more. And that's, the, that's absolutely the frustrating part. I said this in the postgame show. I don't mind if the Phillies lose and it's a back-and-forth good battle of a game. But to lose a game where you just they, – they outplayed you – outcoached you, wanted it more than you, and you never made an adjustment or were ever able to really wake up. So my thought is, okay, it's not just one game. It's it's several, it's been a handful of these games we've seen these issues. What will it take for this to change for the Phillies? And where? Where does that have to happen? Is that at the top? Is that with the roster? It's probably a combination of both. What will it change? What will it take, excuse me, to change so that we don't continuously sound like broken records of these same issues, runners in scoring position, lack of intensity, inability to play small ball, same issues over and over again as a de- detriment to this team. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll dive yeah. more into the offseason next week. Um, you know, Aaron Nola was asked about last night, does he want to come back? And he said, I hope so. Uh, we could have seen the last of Aaron Nola, and I know he's a polarizing figure, and everybody in the chat's going to say, let him walk. He doesn't deserve big money. Um Aaron Nola is the classic example of grass isn't always greener. And do I want to go get Yamamoto from Japan? Sure. But Andrew Painter isn't going to be there next year. Um, You know, Mitch McGarry and Mick Abel, you can't really count on. So before everybody runs uh, for the hills saying don't bring back Nola, just be careful what you wish for because (laughs) we we don't know. Um, Griff McGarry, what did I say? I said Mitch. Oh, I know it's Griff. <laughs> Old Mitch. Mitch Comstein. You know him? Uh, that's a National Lampoon reference for some of my older heads out there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. And Reese Hoskins is another one. We have a yeah. lot of off season to talk about the direction. Uh, but I do think, you know, this team was built for the long ball. And when they're not hitting the long ball, it's... Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's another part of that, though, Jamie, that I thought was an issue, and it was something that we has been brushed over and talked about. But when JT Realmuto hit a two-run homer, it was game five, that actually broke a streak where the Phillies had 16 straight solo homers. And I also think that's kind of a concern because yeah, not only you're, you're hitting home runs, but you're not hitting home runs with, with guys on base. So you're scoring great. We all love a home run, but it'd be a lot better if there's a guy or two on base. And now we're running in a couple of guys and you're taking, you know, a nice two run, three run lead off of that. So that's something that even the, the Diamondbacks with with getting guys on base, that's where they were able to drive runners in. The Phillies struggled with even that. So even the home run, you know, boomer bust mentality um, doesn't help if you're just it's just one run. Like it's it's great for for highlights. It looks good when you repost it. It's exciting and gets everybody on their feet. But that one home run, that one run scored, is not moving the needle. So even that is something that in game five when they said it, I was like, huh, that's an interesting stat. 
But looking back, I'm like, that's not a great stat. You know, 16 solo homers, not great. No, that's kind of actually hard to believe. When I saw Jason Stark put out that tweet uh, after the JT home run, I was like, I, I hadn't even realized. Like, it did feel like a lot of solo home runs, but I didn't realize how many. That's a um, lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, and again, like, you know, you found yourself in the history of baseball several times in this series. Now, unfortunately, on the wrong side of it, two things that are historically tough to believe. Uh, first, Philadelphia in collective game sevens. And this isn't Philly specific. This is us as a loser city. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia has now lost seven consecutive game sevens. <laughs> Let me just say that one more time for you. They have lost seven consecutive game sevens. The Sixers uh, own the majority of that pie with Definitely. four. Jesus. The Flyers, two. And the Phillies won their first ever. And if you want to throw in game five of 2011, it's kind of the same situation. So you can almost make the case it's eight. Uh, that was just because you weren't allowed to go to game sevens in that series. It was five game series. Um, so that is cool because <laughs> the longest seven game losing streak by a metro uh, area in MLB, NBA, and NHL history. Obviously. Oh, more history. Yeah, football doesn't Yikes. apply. Uh, I believe the next closest, let me see if it's still in this tweet here. Uh, somebody had six. Uh, yeah, I think it was Ottawa, actually. Uh, <laughs> but they don't have baseball, and and it was just strictly Senators with six. <laughs> was, is that <laughs> what it was? That's I'm trying really to rough. expand this tweet here. Can you imagine being that bad? Yeah. <laughs> you only have one team, and you've lost that many? <laughs> yeah. Like you're carrying the record. It's like that, it's like that uh, those oh, videos no. where it's like, at least we're not Detroit. Yeah. Well, I guess at least you're not Ottawa. In well, this it's Ottawa tied with Milwaukee. Terrible uh, history, Milwaukee Barbara. had six straight between 1958 and 1982. Who could forget those years? Oh, my God. But, yes, Ottawa from 97 to present and <laughs> Milwaukee. Said that at least we're all losers together. Yeah, I mean, look, this is therapy. And Barbara, thank us for being on, and we thank everybody for coming in and, and being a loser with us today. I mean, this hurts. And Renee and I are going to have to wear, um, you know, some Diamondbacks gear from our friends out at PHNX because thank you, Phillies. Uh, we willingly accepted uh, their offer uh, for a bet, and we're not Welchers. Um, I'll walk around with a sandwich board in philadelphia that says shame uh with my diamondback shirt on i don't give a damn i'm dead inside nothing can hurt me anymore james harden's in the news this morning i don't care you think that phases me right now yeah james not traveling with the sixers philly's dropping game seven what's next what's next who's next go well you want another historical stat (laughs) Uh, i think tyler tyler will appreciate this one the diamondbacks four stolen bases last night was the most in a game seven since the 1909 World Series when Honus Wagner's Pirates stole four in their 8 nothing victory uh, over who, the Tigers. Who, who could forget that series? I mean, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Honus <laughs> Wagner. <laughs> oh, this sucks so much. I'm dead inside. <laughs> That's like the... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, it's just rough. It's just a rough day in Philadelphia. The food doesn't taste better. The coffee sucks. I'm probably going to pour myself a big old bourbon and go to bed early tonight. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, silver lining, I get to go see one of my favorite bands this weekend. So I get to go to my friend's 40th. I had told everybody I can't do anything this weekend. Oh my gosh, I get to go to my friend's 30th. There you go. Yeah, we can be at our friend's birthday party. Because uh, I told everybody, <laughs> I, was saying I, know, the same thing. I got World Series game one and two. Sorry, my morning jacket. I can't make it on Friday. Sorry, Meg. Yeah, Getner, I can't I make like, it on Saturday. I won't Saturday. be there this weekend because so, the, the Phillies will be in the World Series. But now I don't have are to open. Work. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And so if you need tickets to go to a concert Boom. now because your weekends just open up, go to Game Time. I'm app. actually probably going to be using Game Time to there go to go. my morning jacket Friday Shaney, night. Jamie, Jaime Lindor slash yeah. uh, John Cena game is going to be using the Game back. Time app. Using that code PHOY gets you $20 off because now we've got some free time uh, a little bit because we still have other teams to go be sad around yeah, uh, Eagles sports, only once a week. Everybody yeah, else you know, you've got the other days. So use the game time app. They've got great prices on anything, concerts, games, whatever you're looking to purchase. It's easy to do right on your phone. And with that code PHOY, you also can save yourself $20. You're welcome guys. Uh, but no, it is. It's interesting because I saw post game. There was like a, a video clip that went out and I saw several of these, but video clips going out asking fans their thoughts and everyone's like, Trade them all. Trey's got to go. Fire Rob. Like, the list goes on and on. And people are like, oh, wow, Philly sports fans, you know, you're not loyal. Your team loses, and you just completely are ready to throw it away. And it's like, no, because exactly as you just read with that stat, Jamie, this is not something that Philly sports fans are, are new to. They're very much used no, to this. No, this is unfortunately so it's a, second it's a nature usual, It's the usual response of, like, we've been here before. And in last year's, when the Sixers lost, what happened to Doc? What happened in the Sixers? A lot of changes. You can't you can't drop a, a game seven, especially in a series that you're up 2-0, and expect no changes to happen. It just Tyler, I don't, he, give me a does sport. Topper have one more year, or is this? I think he has one more give year remaining. Sport. I thought he signed a two year extension. As much as and we've talked about this before, when a team loses and falls short of expectations, it, the coaching staff. And the front office are the first ones that are under the microscope, whether it's Rob or somebody else. It doesn't have to be Rob. It could be Rob. I'm like, I'm, but that's honestly now the question. And we'll get into this, of course, a lot more in detail. It's without a doubt. Uh, the first place you're looking is the front office, the coaching staff of, okay, some of y'all might not be back next year. <laughs> Sell all your Philly tickets. Yep. Game time. <laughs> Sell all your Philly tickets because nothing matters in the end. That's a great ad. I like that. I like that. Maybe game time will steal that from you, Colin. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Barbara, I'll be here all off season. If you have shows. Yes, we, we are going to be doing daily shows. We'll oh, yeah. do Tell people about that. They've mentioned yeah, that a look, few times I mean, now. there's winter meetings. There's Aaron Nola. There's Reese Hoskins. There's Shoei Otani. There's MLB off season. I love MLB hot stove. Um, so we're going to be doing daily shows and daily content here and we'll get through this together and we'll get to spring training and, and see what those changes are. Yeah. They're not going to change Rob Thompson. I know that, uh, Renee and I hopefully will be down in Clearwater, uh, bringing you the latest and look, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, I mean, it is right mm. now, but the direction of this team and the future of this team, there's still hope there. But I think why this is so painful and why this is up there with the 20, uh, 2001 Buccaneers loss for me is in, in 1993. 93, I was young and it was like new to me and I didn't understand Philadelphia sports pain. So that was like my first. This is almost more painful than 93 um, because I convinced myself that this team was different, that they... Yeah. They were resilient and they didn't give up and they didn't choke and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. I know the first three months of the season was less than ideal, but kind of once you got Harper back and once Turner rounded the corner, 
I mean, this team was as good as anybody in baseball, and they went toe-to-toe with the Braves in terms of power numbers from August 1st on and gave you every reason to believe. Um, I, I had convinced myself that this team wasn't capable of collapsing upon themselves, and they did exactly that. So I, I feel like I was tricked, bamboozled, hoodwinked to steal Stephen A. Smith's uh, famous rant. Uh, let astray. All that. I, I feel like I was lied to or convinced of something that wasn't true. And yeah. I, I, I fear now two years in a row that this team very much is capable of collapsing on itself. Well, just side note, because I was getting distracted by all the compliments coming to me in the chat. I thank you. Keep them coming. That I'm I'm smart. I'm fired up and you love it. Um, but no, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying our show, it's, it's a shame that our game coverage is ending so soon. But as Jamie's mentioning, we will be still continuing to have shows oh, yeah. five days a week live for you. We'll have other content for you uh, because there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, for the Diamondbacks, you, no. sillies. No, I we're not you, going anywhere. Again, toxic relationship. We're still here, guys. We're still here. Everything's fine. Red flags and all. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're doing okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. But for Katal Marte to have 16 games hitting streak, fourth longest in postseason history, the longest for a player in their first 16, um, excuse me, their first postseason games, and the Diamondbacks make it back to the World Series the first time in 22 years. So I guess we never officially said it because that's, I don't know if we should, but I guess congratulations to the Diamondbacks. But for the Phillies specifically, you know. I don't, I don't hate the Diamondbacks. No, I, I don't hate any, I don't hate them either. It's just you, you're not the Phillies, so I'm not going to like you. I'm not going to root for you. Uh, you know, but I, now. I won't uh, lie, though. Seeing Alec Thomas uh, uh, plant the f- Diamondbacks flag in Citizens oh, that Bank. Was pain- now, that was painful. That like Just I, seeing them celebrating in general yeah, I couldn't, at Citizens Bank Park. I wasn't, like, mad at him because I get it. Uh, but that was just, That like, was supposed to be us. That was just pain. That was supposed to be us. I was rooting for you. Yeah, that was just um, painful. Yeah, it, it very much was painful. And now, unfortunately, we do have to rock the PHNX merch. But if you want to rock some merch, you can go to FOCO to do it because FOCO is a place where you can buy anything. You can still support teams. You can still support Philly sports teams, whatever your teams are. Use that code PHLY and get 10% off when you are purchasing at FOCO. Maybe not the overalls. I don't know that we want to buy the overalls anymore, but you can buy other things. Oh, they'll come back someday. Collect, yeah, but like right, not Fashion right now. Is not re- right is now. Give them, give the overalls, give the overalls a beat. They do actually have some Eagles overalls, which are pretty cool. Um, yeah, collectibles, banners, a lot of, a lot of really cool stuff you can buy there. Fletcher Cox can, can wear them. So can you go to FOCO, use that code PHOI, get 10% off, hit the like button while you're here. For those of you that are joining us, Colin, Harp, Barbara, Eugene, Anybody else that's here, Aaron, um, hit that like button while you're here and make sure you're uh, adding into the comments with what your thoughts are, because it's it's a day of mourning, guys. It's a day of mourning, but it will get easier with time, I think. I hope um, we'll see about that. Yeah, I don't I don't know <laughs> about that. Um, and now- oh, I actually did have a question. I'm, there was something that I was trying to get to and I was trying to remember what it was. I should have wrote you it were, down. You were brain farting. I was brain farting and I was All trying right. to talk myself through it through the ad. Um, so... As you mentioned, the struggles of the start of the season, and this is probably too soon to ask this question. Uh-oh. You know, it felt like the, the struggles at the beginning of the season were long gone. We, we worked past it. It felt like the team was moving in the right direction mm-hmm. to have like an ultimate story of starting from the bottom of the season. Now we're here. And then they ended up very similarly to how things started. 
Do you feel like it was like a full circle of start? We start how you finish with the Phillies? Uh, no, just because you were missing Bryce Harper uh, in but the But we beginning. were still missing Bryce Harper at the end. Uh, figuratively, yes. <laughs> he was physically there, but it felt like he was uh, missing. So. No, I do think the team got better over the course of the year. <laughs> it did get better. That's They definitely did. And then it felt like we came right back to where we started. No, I'm not <laughs> I felt like it was a lot of those same types of... Uh, <laughs> Those same types of frustrations that you saw in the beginning when it was an awful losing start came right back. And no, Bryce Harper was out there, but it still felt like Bryce Harper was missing at the end. Um, I don't know. I felt eerily a lot of similarities between the start and the end of the season. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, Harp, 4803, uh, welcome in. He said he's here for the postmortem. (laughs) <laughs> or Mortem. Uh, and he said the Phillies need a more diverse lineup, not depending on the home run oh, or nothing. Please. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, without, you know, and this is more for the offseason discussions next week. This week is all about uh, therapeutic uh, community therapy here and getting through this um, together. But uh, I don't know how you do that without really, really shaking some things up, meaning like trading Nick Castellanos or Johan Rojas or Brandon Marsh, um, you know, I, I I don't know what those changes are. My mind's not there yet, but I agree with you that they need some more. Like, look at the Diamondbacks last night. 11 yeah. hits. Only one of them was extra base hits, and they didn't have a problem producing runs. So, uh, you know, this offseason, I'll probably go back to Kyle Schwarber's not a leadoff hitter takes and uh, try to figure out, which I know irks uh, Tyler's soul, uh, and maybe try to get creative and figure out ways that this team can be a more, you don't want to be completely small ball home runs are good. I'm not an idiot, but, um, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe you need some more contact hitters in this team. Um, you know, just, just looking at the box scores of game six and seven, it's hard not to think that right now, maybe in a week or two, I'll, I'll go, no, that was a stupid reactive thought you're having. Um, but I, but I kind of agree with that. Like you need some better contact hitters or maybe you just need Bryson Stott to come through before game seven. Uh, I don't know. Bryson. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I don't disagree with the sentiment of this team is built to mash. And when you're not mashing, you, you can be in trouble. I do feel like for any, any sport, any team, you need diversity in, in your team. That goes for anything. And to have every guy, especially the top of the batting order, really similar, it makes it very predictable. And the Phillies are a team that opponents have figured out. No one was going into a game against the Phillies this year uh, without the extra motivation to want to knock off the team that got to the World Series. You know, and I, I, I was literally just saying the same thing about the Philadelphia Union, and I just feel like a broken record at this point. But for the Phillies, for the Astros – they had a target on their back and the Phillies needed to come into this season and make some sort of changes to make it so that teams couldn't have the playbook on them and execute. And unfortunately that's exactly what happened in the end. The Phillies were not able to make any sort of adjustment because it's home run or bust and every opponent had them figured out. They changed how they were pitching to Harper. They changed how they're pitching to Trey and Kyle. And you got to have something else in your arsenal. It's got to be small ball, whatever it is, bunting, fundamentals, whatever it is. Something else has to be able to allow you to get on base, to keep innings alive. And so that's the frustrating part is it seems like other teams did their homework on the Phillies and the Phillies didn't 
at all do any sort of changes or yeah. homework. And to credit make an, to the Diamondbacks for adjustment. making the adjustments. In right, this because that's series. what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and I mean, if you're not, what are you doing? Phillies. Like, if you're not home. making adjustments in a seven-game series, what are you doing? And I, um, and I guess Rob Thompson, you know, viewed taking because I would have changed Alec Bowman, JT Real Muto's spots in the lineup after Game Three. Because it was clear Brandon fought in game three, did not want to throw Bryce Harper anything. Mm -hmm. And that remained until game seven. Now, Bohm came big, uh, came up big for you with a, with a solo shot there that kind of got the stadium back into it. Uh, but games four, five, and six, uh, Bryce Harper was uh, antsy because he wasn't getting thrown anything to hit and it ended up costing the Phillies. So Rob Thompson yeah. viewed that probably as a panic move that he didn't want to make. Uh, and I'm going to view it as the mistake of or one of the top mistakes of the series. And that's the thing. It's not panicking. You've got to make adjustments. Rainy, you're saying the same thing. We consistently lose to teams who are able to adjust. It's just sports are about making a change. You don't go into every single game and do the exact same thing from start to finish and expect you're going to win every time because other teams are making adjustments. Other teams are switching up their batting order, their, their bullpen, whatever they're doing to find a way to win. And so you can't just think we're just going to go in. And that's where I, it's not a cockiness. It's just like a lack of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a, it's just a, almost like a stubbornness. Like we're going to, we're going to make this work. It's like trying to fit a square into a circle. You're going to make it work even if it doesn't fit. And every game calls for something different. Coaches are constantly evaluating combinations, matchups, you know, health, how guys are playing. And you're not, you have to go off of that. And every game calls for something different. So that's the frustrating part. Um, hey, I don't know the WNBA comparison. I was talking about the MLS, I think is what you're confusing. The Philadelphia Union I mean, I play. wish WNBA the had MLS, a team in They're Philly, a soccer team. But. A men's soccer team at that. Um, I wish we had a women's basketball team, but we don't. I agree with Barbara and Jamie. But you look across sports, coaches make adjustments, and it's not a panic move. And I think it's overthinking things to feel like, oh, I trust my guys. We're not going to panic. No, it's not panicking. It's managing the game. It's coaching. It's changing things up to try to make your team best suited to win and be successful. If something didn't work in game three, change it for game four. If something didn't work in game six, Change for game six, seven. Like, you can't continue to do the same thing. That's insanity. And expect different results. Yeah, Eugene Krabs, Justin Crawford is uh, definitely one of the bright spots of the organization. And maybe you get a look at him next year because he lit up the minor leagues this year. Mm -hmm. um, let me tell you about DraftKings because losing sucks in, in real life, but maybe you can make some of that money back. Using DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you know, look, you're going to have a big series here between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. If you have the emotional well-being to gamble on it, uh, there's always football. Uh, there's always something at DraftKings. You won't miss a moment of the action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings same game parlays. Add a bunch of stuff from the same game for your shot at a bigger payout so what are you waiting for download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code phly new customers can score 200 instantly in bonus bets by betting just five dollars on baseball only on DraftKings sportsbook with code phly 
and the timer's thrown away now that yeah, the playoffs are over. over. All right, thank you. I agree with you guys. Wrap, thank you. I'm just going to, should I just do this in my real sad droopy dog voice? Yeah, in fact, yeah, make it fun. Have fun Gambling with it. problem, call 1 800. Not that Gambler. slow, though. We're going to be a www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY. Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. CDKNG.com slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Uh, well, today sucks. Thanks for uh, joining us here in the chat. Uh, it's it's always a little easier to get through it together as a community, unlike those fake Diamondback fans out in Phoenix and Scottsdale who don't really have that community. We get to put our arms around each other here and cry. Uh, and Eugene Krabs, I, I think that's actually a, probably a pretty good bet. He says, yeah. Hammer, uh, Adalis Garcia uh, for the World Series MVP. That man oh, is on gonna, a tear right now. Now he's looking like one of the strongest Guys in baseball, not Corbin Carroll. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. Smash that like button before you get out of here. Support our sponsors because they're awesome. Uh, for Renee Washington, Tyler Zuli, I'm Jamie Lynch. Um, have yourselves a very sad baseball day. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It sucks. We'll see you tomorrow. Y'all silly like the mayor. 